And that is like a powerful redemption. It is the most powerful redemption um, that it could it could snatch wicked people um, from their standing as enemies of God to being sons of God. Yeah, it's so true. And if you thought of somebody else and not yourself when Monet yeah. said, think of the wickedest person, then <laughs> you need to read your Bible. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Him Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Cara Devereaux. And I'm Monet Funka, and today we're going to praise the Lord as we look at the hymn, To God Be the Glory, Great Things He Hath Done. We take another brief look into the life of legend Fanny Crosby and break down the lyrics using the good book. All that and more if you stay tuned. But first, if you like what you may hear today, be sure to share this episode with a friend. Also, make sure that you're signed up for our free weekly newsletter where we give you fun bonus content whenever we release a new episode. I cannot emphasize enough that you do not get this bonus content anywhere else. And um, plus, it's also a great way for us to stay in touch with you. With the ever-changing algorithms of big tech always risking that our episodes get buried, our newsletter ensures that our episodes come straight to your inbox so that you don't miss out on anything. So if you want to do that, go over to himpartial.com and sign up for our free weekly newsletter today. So today we are continuing our series of hymns that speak to God's providence. Um, as we mentioned before, that's basically just a $5 word that means how God provides for us. We will be looking at Fanny Crosby's popular hymn, To God Be the Glory, Great Things He Hath Done. We did an episode for Fanny Crosby's hymn, Blessed Assurance, last year. We also gave a brief bio for her in our gospel music episode, part one. We will link the clips to these in the description or somewhere on the screen um, if you're watching us on YouTube. Um, so definitely go back and check out those episodes if you want to hear more about this author. But I thought I would try and touch on some aspects of her life that we didn't cover before. Um, but before we jump into Fanny Crosby, Cara, do you have any strong feelings about this particular hymn? Um, that feels like a loaded question, like I should. <laughs> <laughs> I do really love um, the second verse where it says the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus of pardon receives. Mm-hmm. Like, I really love it. Every time I sing that line, I'm like, oh, yes, praise God. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah. I don't, don't particularly have yeah. strong feelings or baggage or crazy suspicions about <laughs> this song or anything, no. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because when we talked about Fanny Crosby before, like, I know this song much more than I do, Blessed, Blessed Assurance. Um, I obviously know both songs fairly well now since we've done uh, multiple episodes on her, but this is the song I know more. And I feel like more people know this song mm -hmm. from Fanny Crosby. Um, but yeah, let, let us know in the description if this is your jam or not. Um, I think we'll dig into why I really enjoy this song and 
I think, as Cara said, you probably shouldn't have suspicions about it. <laughs> but in case you did, you know, let us know that in the comments, too. That might be <laughs> kind of interesting to know. Um, so for those who don't know, Fanny Crosby lived from 1820 to 1915. Um, she was born and lived mainly in New England in the States. Um, she has an interesting heritage. I think last time we spoke, we mentioned that she was related to the famous crooner Bing Crosby, uh, who was born towards the end of her life. Uh, but what I didn't know is that a forebearer on her father's side was among the founders of the University of Harvard. Huh. Yeah. And I guess this isn't too big of a stretch, but you could trace her family's um, lineage back to the Pilgrim Fathers as well. Mm. So she's got some kind of rich heritage there. Um, Fanny was blind from infancy. Later in life, uh, this led her to sit before Congress. Um, she was there to demonstrate the results of systemic teaching of the blind, um, which I guess is important, an important advocate to be, I guess, to say, like, look, this is really important. She was dead clever. So uh, what a great representative to have for that particular people group. Um, and from then on, she was good friends with U.S. presidents Abraham Lincoln and Grover Cleveland. Did you know that? <laughs> I, as you're saying some of this stuff, I'm remembering it from the episode that we did on Blessed Assurance. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Yeah. Um, I hadn't, I don't think I remembered her being friends with the pre U.S. presidents. I'm like, what? This so little lady got around. <laughs> I remember Grover Cleveland because yes. I thought it was an odd name and it reminded me of the satyr in Percy Jackson because he's also called Grover. Oh. <laughs> what am I thinking of? Some For some reason I'm thinking Sesame Street. Is there a character in Sesame Street called Grover? There's Groucho. Uh... Oh, we'll look it up later. Now you're saying it. Yes, he's in the Muppets. Is Grover not the, the Muppets. like Kermit's assistant who's always stressing about everybody's schedules? You know what? I'm. I, you say it and it makes sense to me, but I'm definitely gonna Google it after this because now it's on yeah, my head. Yeah, we're not sure. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> tangent, tangent. Back to back to Fanny. Sorry. So her biggest influence while she was growing up was her grandmother. Uh, she helped Fanny to appreciate nature. So her grandmother basically taught her how to identify flowers by scent and mm. trees by the feel of their leaves. Mm. Yeah. But most importantly, her grandmother taught her to love the scriptures, of which she took great care to memorize. At a very young age, she had already memorized the four Gospels and most of the first four books of the Old Testament. Um, she apparently wrote the following song when she was just eight years old. Oh, what a happy soul am I, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. Too weak and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell she's got some sass. She's a sassy, she was a sassy woman, I could say that. Um... So, yeah, Fanny went on to write thousands of more poems and hymns just like this, which is why, to this day, she holds uh, one of the top spots for most hymns written ever and was dubbed the Queen of Gospel Hymn Writers. Again, we do talk about this in our Gospel Music episode part one, so do check it out because we do go into more detail about that 
and why that's significant. So we know from last time that Fanny wrote under many pseudonyms because publishers were hesitant to have so many of her, uh, so many hymns from one person um, by you know in their publications by one author. So I have some of her aliases here, and I wanted to see if we could play a little game with it. <laughs> are you are you okay with this, Kara? Yep, I'm just hoping I can remember which ones she used and which ones she didn't. Yes, well, I purposely made this hard. So if you don't get it, don't beat yourself up. But we're just going to try to guess who the real Fanny Crosby was. So I'm going to mention, I'm going to list two names and you have to tell me which one was her pseudonym. So Mrs. In D. Plume or Mrs. Faye Crown. I want it to be Andy Plume because I think that's funny and quite clever and it's the sort of thing she might have come up with. That's it. Mrs. Andy Plume. <laughs> yes. So that's funny. One for one. I'm proud. <laughs> um, this one's interesting. Um, Robert Bruce... Or Frank Mason? Oh. See, part of me is like, I don't think it's Robert Bruce because that was a... basically a warlord in Scottish history. But Frank Mason sounds familiar as well. <laughs> um, I have no idea, so I'll just go with Frank Mason, which is probably wrong. <laughs> It is Robert Bruce, <laughs> which I thought was so funny. <laughs> um, okay, only two more. Okay, so Elizabeth Bennett or Lizzie Edwards. This feels like a trap. Because <laughs> Lizzie Bennett is from Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> but this is Fanny Crosby we're talking about. So, <laughs> um, The one that's not Lizzie Bennett. Lizzie Edwards. Yes, that is, that is one of her aliases. And okay. last one. Frank Gold or James L. Black. Oh, were we talking about Frank Gold the other day? Me and my brother. I think it's the... Black. <laughs> You're trying to read my face and I'm probably giving you some... I'm also movies. trying to remember. We had a, a conversation about... Um, it's not gold, is it? It's... Anyway, we were watching a Jim Henson movie and one of the guys in it is a Frank something that sounds like that mm -hmm. um and his son was in the film um I so i want to say that it's not him but i'm probably wrong so you're going with james l black yes well you're correct but both yes. are actually oh <laughs> you pulled a fast one on I me i pulled a fast one on you it's just to um, make sure i get at least one right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got more than one right you got indie plume which i didn't think you were gonna get because i it, i what? It's it's 
like nom de plume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, she had over 200 pseudonyms, so we could literally play this game all day long. <laughs> but I was interested to see how many aliases she had that were men. Yes. And I imagine that had to do with trying to cut down some prejudices as well. Like, oh, no, I can't just have pseudonyms that are ladies. Like, let's have some, you know, James L. Black. That, that guy sounds real serious. Like, we need to take his song seriously. <laughs> the crazy thing is, did no one think to look up these people and find out who they were? I mean, how could you look them up? You'd have to go to the library if, or something? Like, If it you just... write to James L. Black at, you know, whatever it was, School for the Blind... But would they, I don't think that would be listed in a, in a, in a um, book of hymns. It's just no, like. But, but if you were publishing a book of hymns and people were submitting to it and then they were like, hey, my name's James. Or maybe they knew it was her and let her maybe. use pseudonyms. Yeah, maybe. Because like, if, if you were writing back to say, yes, your hymn has been accepted, how suspicious would it be if like 800 <laughs> of these hymns came from the same school? You'd be like, hmm, what's going on here? They probably were in on it, you know. They had okay. to be like, okay, wink. We know it's you, Fanny. Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was fun. Just having a bit of fun with Fanny Crosby. It's good. So, in reference to our hymn today, we don't have a specific story behind this hymn. Um, but, like I said, I, I believe it's one of um, many examples of, like, a famous, famous hymn that is associated with Fanny Crosby. And it's a great example of um, her being able to articulate like such joy and praise to the Lord. I think that's what came off when I was reading, reading up on Fanny Crosby before is that she just had such joy in the Lord. Um, And I think this hymn is like such a, like a, a peak example of that. Mm. The tune for this hymn is simply called To God Be the Glory. Uh, It was composed by Fanny's longtime friend and collaborator, Dr. William Howard Doan. I don't know if I'm saying that properly. Um, It's worth having kind of an entire episode on this man alone. (laughs) He was quite accomplished. He did a lot for the church, um, including publishing several books. Um, One of them was a popular Sunday school book called Silver Spray. It was popular in his day. Um, to be fair, I've not read it, but you know, I have a soft spot for folks that produce quality children's content. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, you know, thumbs up for that. Um, and what I was looking up for this guy is I think he had a lot of dealings with like, you know, Iris Sankey and, 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 and those guys. So very influential guy. Not going to talk about him today, but if you want to hear more about him, let us know. Maybe we could do kind of an episode on him or the composers around kind of um, Deal Moody and Ira Sankey and all these guys. That'd be maybe interesting. Let us know. (laughs) I think it would be interesting. Um, So in our Providence series, we're talking about this song. uh, And this song is really short. It's only three verses, three verses and a refrain. Um, so, but before we break them down, Cara, do you mind reading the lyrics to this hymn? Yep. Um, so the lyrics are, To God be the glory, great things he has done, so love to the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life, an atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. 
And the chorus is, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the peoples rejoice. O come to the Father through Jesus the Son, and give him the glory, great things he has done. O perfect redemption, the purchase of blood, to every believer the promise of God, and the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Great things he has taught us, great things he has done, and greater rejoicing through Jesus the Son, but purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our victory, when Jesus we see. Amen. Such a great, like, gospel presentation in three short verses. It is. It is. And for those who are wondering, like, why are we talking about this song when it comes to providence? Well, this song is all about our atonement. Um, This is first and foremost the most wonderful thing that God the Father has provided for Christians. Um, and I love how Fanny just keeps building and building on this picture throughout the throughout each verse. So in verse one, she takes us to the most well-known verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. Cara, can you read that for us? Or maybe you can say it by heart. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> See, now if I say it by heart, I'm going to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so John three sixteen says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have eternal life. Well done. Well done. For those who are wondering, that was by heart, because I've got a different version on my screen. Oh, so she's memorized it, it. Probably that sinful NIV we used to read oh, in the church I got NIV. saved in. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Just kidding. perishing, not dying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, this is almost verbatim in verse 1. Uh and Jesus yielded his life in atonement for sin and opened the life gate so all may go in. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's simple and effective wording uh, that she that she gives to us. Um, so, yeah, any thoughts on that first verse, Cara? Um, not really. It makes me want to sing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a great... Great picture of the gospel, really. Yeah, it's a really simple picture of the gospel. Um, so loved he the world that he gave us his son. Verse 2 elaborates um, that on this idea in, in that we have perfect redemption in Christ. And this is important to note for me. I think a lot of cults of Christianity speak of Christ's work on the cross. Um, and while some of these cults argue that his work just kind of wiped the slate clean, Mm-hmm. We know that in Orthodox Christianity, <laughs> we couldn't possibly maintain our standing with God. His redemption is perfect in that it doesn't need a top up and we couldn't top it up if we tried. Um, the Lord's work doesn't expire. It doesn't wear out. It doesn't grow old. Um, and we see this emphasized in passages all throughout the New Testament, but one that I chose for this particular verse is first Peter one, 18 to 19. Cara, can you read that for us? Mm-hmm. Just to say, I'm loving that there's so much scripture in this. Um, <laughs> so one Peter one, 18 to 19 says, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, 
but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. It's beautiful. It reminds me of an Indonesian song I know. Um, one of the verses is, um, not with precious things like silver or gold did you redeem me, but mm. with your with your priceless blood. Oh, that's verbatim. That's straight. They plagiarized. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> it's got to come from somewhere. No, it, it it's true, and it's um. It's a really good verse at first, too. You were saying earlier um, in the episode, you know, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Um, and I think that just goes to emphasize the point how perfect and complete our redemption is. That even, yeah. even the vilest person, like just imagine them in your head, that person, when they truly believe, you know, as we know, repent and believe that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. And that is like a powerful redemption. It is the most powerful redemption um, that it could, it could snatch wicked people um, from their standing as enemies of God to being sons of God. Yeah, it's so true. And if you thought of somebody else and not yourself when Monet yeah. said, think of the wickedest person, <laughs> then <laughs> you need to read your Bible. <laughs> yes. No. Amen to that, Cara. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's a little bit mean. I know that in the in the grand scheme of things, there's like genocidal maniacs and then there's mm -hmm. people who cut in front of you in traffic but you know it's, <laughs> sin is sin in God's eyes and oh, it yeah. is wonderful that Christ's blood is enough mm. it's like we keep going back to um there's a fountain filled with blood yes. where it says about dear dying lamb thy precious blood will never lose its power mm -hmm. that's why that song's one of my favorites and yep. many of our guests apparently because I feel like that's been a common answer to what's your favorite hymn is there is a fountain full of blood. Anywho, verse three of our song, um, it ends with glory. So, you know, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, what an encouraging note that all of our rejoicing now will be made purer and greater when we see Jesus face to face. Mm. Um, and I was thinking of like, oh, what, where is this pulling from scripture? And I was like, oh, duh. We find this encouragement in the Beatitudes Matthew 5, 8. Car, if you could read that for us. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I mean, that's it. Succinctly, you know. Um, so the fact that we're pure in heart is not because we're just so good, right? That's also another thing that God has provided for us. So, um, sorry, right? No, I was just going to say, I really love this verse because it does give us hope. So a friend of mine on Instagram has been talking recently about, um, about little women, actually. But one of the things she was talking about was where Joe and Meg, two of the sisters, are talking about their, sort of their pet sins and overcoming mm -hmm. those. Mm -hmm. And she asked the question in her stories, do you think we can overcome these sins, these besetting sins that, that we constantly mm -hmm. struggle with. Um, and the answer is not in this life, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, by grace, by grace we can be sanctified, but mm -hmm. the good news is 
like she says in this verse, purer and higher and greater. Like mm-hmm. we've got that to look forward to. And I love that this hymn has that hope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's wonderful, wonderful writing um, from our girl, Fanny Crosby. Mm-hmm. Um, so last but not least, the refrain. Praise um, the Lord. Praise the <laughs> Lord. You know, I just I have to say, this is just good music. <laughs> I, um, you see this explosion of praise as we reflect on this wonderful atonement, this wonderful way that God, the wonderful things that God has done for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just stealing this. So one, one, of, one of the analysts of Crosby's work wrote the following about this song. They said, quote, connoisseurs of Crosby's hymn often point out how this text differs from many of her other texts insofar as it is not a message of personal testimony. Rather than being a song of subjective experience, this is a remarkable objective celebration of God's saving work in Jesus Christ, end quote. And that's really the heart of it. You know, a believer who is reflecting on the great things the Lord has done is a believer who is praising the Lord. Mm-hmm. And to to see Fanny speak about this um, in a corporate manner, right? It's not about her. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's like, hey, everybody, let's get together and praise the Lord for this thing that he's done. Every single believer has this universal experience with the Lord. And I think that that's really special and that's really great. Um, and I like the line in, in the refrain that says, we come to the Father through Jesus the Son. Um, mm-hmm. It just continues to drive home that point that the great thing God has done is all about Jesus. Yeah. It's all about reconciling us to him. It's all about providing a way where there once was no way for us to be called children of God. I love that that's immediately followed to to him be the glory. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Yeah. It's wonderful. And also like the music in this hymn is great because you have this mm-hmm. really um, chirpy, hopeful um, verse music and then it kind of climaxes in the chorus. So it's building up and building up mm-hmm. and then you just kind of burst out into praise the Lord. It's yes. um, really yes. great. Yeah, it's a real, it's really well written and really well composed. So I'm grateful that we still sing the original music, you know? Yeah, and it's good theology as well. Like, if you have a friend who's a new believer and they're like, I've never sung a hymn in my life, (laughs) this is a really good one to give them. It is. It is. Like you said, it's it's a great display of the gospel. Um, And I think it, it drives home that thankful heart, you know, we we talked last week about um you know the ability for the hymn writer um to speak of god's providence and his and his omnipotence and his sovereignty in the midst of dark dark trials right and it's kind of got a more somber tone to it that song from last week but this week can be sung this week's song could be sung in the same way in the same circumstances, it is yeah. like this never gets old. This the truths of this hymn are never to be cast aside, or you know, yeah, because regardless of your circumstances, you're saved, and it's mm-hmm. by the work of Christ and for His glory, mm-hmm. and that never changes, regardless of what's happening around you. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Amen. So just to drive home this point of this refrain, Cara, why don't you end us off by reading John 6, 48, 44 to 48. Mm-hmm. John 6, 44 to 48 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me, not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. It's a great, it's a great chapter, John 6. <clears throat> if you want to be super encouraged, just read through that after this episode. And... <laughs> And then sing this hymn because it'll it'll flow nicely. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is an absolutely wonderful hymn. Thank you so much for walking us through it, Monet. It's such an encouragement. And if you don't know this hymn, you need to add it to your rotation. You need to memorize it. You need to bookmark it, whatever you do. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for that encouragement. Thank you for reminding us that part of God's providence is the gospel and salvation. And we hope you guys have been encouraged as much as we have in talking about this hymn. Um, don't forget, if you would like to get all our cool bonus content that you cannot get anywhere else, go to hymnpartial.com, sign up for our free weekly newsletter. And until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye. Bye.